Today on Talk is Okalo, it is another mid-month recap to get back on track with everything with a little bit of a Wednesday Week 11 recap and a look ahead into the weekend for a bountiful Thanksgiving. Uh, We'll also have a NBA recap as well. A little talk with Mark uh, regards to the first half of the season um, with a little bit with my NBA podcast special soon coming soon and we'll just look ahead as well into college football with the playoffs inching so closer do we see teams in do we see teams out how does this all play out in the final weekend of college football we're back on track again for talk is okay let's enjoy the pod everybody with my returning guest mark demetrius Okalo Holics, welcome back to Talk is Okalo. I'm here with my mid-month recap again because we dealt with some things that was going on, but it's okay. We're, I'm back on. I missed my guys. I missed my peeps. I hope you all are doing well. Um, first off, I hope you all uh, each have a happy Thanksgiving. I'm happy that I'm back on the airways to do the show, especially after what happened Sunday where we had great, amazing contests. And, of course, the main eventer that shattered almost any imaginable football record and a look to the future, which I think will be a potential rivalry between the Rams and the Chiefs for many years to come, especially after last night's game. I've been away, but I'm looking forward to talking about it from weeks nine onwards to week 11 with my guest today. You all know him, Marky D., He loves to turn up the dial, so I figure there's a lot to discuss from the past month about what happened, and of course, we're going to look ahead a little bit into Thanksgiving and a little bit forward. Let's not further delay anything. I first have to welcome Mark to the show. Mark, thank you so much for coming back on the show, and especially to my mid-month recap. Always glad to be on the show, Caleb. No problem. Well, before we talk about Week 11 and the rest of the NFL we have to talk about last night's game. The main event of main events, a potential Super Bowl preview, the greatest game ever in the L.A. Coliseum. You name it. I mean, greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. It it had everything that you wanted in a football game, offensively, defensively, uh, special teams. eh, It could have been anything. But either way, even a great call, by the way, by Joe Tessitore and Jason Witten with Booger McFarland on Monday Night Football last night. I was fortunate enough to see the game, but Mark had the close, but he did see the highlights of it. But Mark, I'm telling you, you had to see it to believe it because it was phenomenal. What are your thoughts, though, from the Monday Night Melee that was the L.A. Fast City Relay? Um, it was overall, it was overall a really good game. I'll give, I give Patrick Mahomes his props, even though in like the last few minutes he did mess up with those two interceptions. But at the same time, he had a he had an amazing game. The seventy, like his arm strength is ridiculous. Like that seventy yard touchdown, that's crazy. Um, Jared Goff, I'll give it to him. I'll give his first year. Didn't think he'd be this good. Now I see that it was really just the coaching that that he was going through. That he's a really good player. The Rams team is. Both teams are really built for years to come. So we have we have many years of great games like this um, coming up. Well, it's such a shame, Mark, that the Rams and the Chiefs play each other once every four years. So, 
you know, we won't get to maybe see year after year after year Kansas City, L.A., and of course them being on the AFC and NFC. But like you said, it was a phenomenal game by both ends of the spectrum. I mean, even the defenses, the Chiefs, they don't have as superb of a defense as they used to. But the Rams defense, I mean, Aaron Donald with the strip shack, strip sacks last night. And then Samson Ekubom, two back-to-back defensive touchdowns by him. And then, of course, one of the heroes of the game, tight end Gerald Everett, who even caught the game-winning 47-yard touchdown. Mark, I you, we, you said this back in week one. This is the year for the Rams to either make the Super Bowl or miss the Super Bowl. It, it, do you think now after last night, despite their loss to the Saints in the first month, week of November, it, is it still the destiny for Los Angeles to get the Super Bowl with the Rams? Well, the Saints are just a team, so they are beatable. But I, I, I'll, I'll keep what I said. This is this, this is the Rams' year to either make it or miss it because no team stays the same every season. Every team is going to get better. Teams are going to get players. They're going to lose players. They're going to draft some players that's going to come in and produce immediately. They're going to draft nice side pieces. So I do stand by what I said that this is the Rams' year to either win the Super Bowl or miss it. But I do believe that they'll still have a chance the next, the upcoming like seven years. So even though if they don't make it this year, you still see them built for years and years to come. I, I think so too. I think it's a fair assessment on that, you know, and you know what I've been really surprised, like you mentioned with the coaching with Sean McVay, I've loved him an offensive mastermind wizard. He is the 21st century Bill Belichick ish, Bill Walsh type offense. I don't mean to put him on that stand of grandeur, but the way that he's turned around the culture with the Rams in just two years, they've now won 21 games more than they have since probably Jeff Fisher was coaching probably ever, but it was still um, a phenomenal game. And what he's done, he's, he's built a winning team in, in Tinseltown and hopefully LA will be title town. seems like even as you, as a Lakers fan that LeBron will probably have um some big competition just down the street at the Memorial Coliseum, huh? No, there's no competition for the Lakers. We own LA. So what? You don't think the Rams are even anywhere close yet? Nah. Put up, put up 16 championships and then we could talk. Well, they're going to get this Super Bowl this year, I think. Like I've said, um, with my Super Bowl prediction, I think it's going to be Rams-Steelers to this particular point. So I'm, ho- I'm hopeful that it'll stay the same. Kansas City. Last night, as you, men- as you mentioned with Patrick Mahomes, had a few costly turnovers. Does, do you think that the performance overshadowed the mistakes that he made? Or do you still think that the loss is primarily accredited to number 15, Miraculous Mahomes? Well, that, law, that, that game couldn't really go either way. I don't blame Mahomes at all for that game because he had an amazing game. Those last two interceptions, that's just that's – just, uh, how do I say this? That's, that's just on a – experience standpoint. It is his first year starting a second year in the end in the NFL. He only played what uh, two one or two games last year. So I wouldn't blame I wouldn't blame him for two interceptions. That just comes to a experience standpoint. Yeah, look, I, I think Patrick Mahomes, you can't put um, all the loss on him, especially the defense. I mean, you know, my concern with this Kansas City team, if this is a Super Bowl bound team, is that defense. That's my only concern because they have it on offense. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, um, Kareem Hunt. If they can find a way to get Sammy Watkins going again, you know, this defense just isn't the same. Even if they have Justin Houston, 
They still don't have Eric Berry. He still hasn't played yet. With Kansas City, do you think that the way that the AFC is, could they still be a top favorite to go to the Super Bowl? Or do you think with the defense, especially when you give up 50 points, and mind you, they put up 50 as well and lost, is this going to be the Achilles heel for Kansas City's defense in addition with some of the mistakes Patrick Mahomes made last night? No. As, no matter where their defense is, they still have at least an average defense by NFL standards. If you have at least that and you could put up 50 on a team like the Rams, then I think the defense is no problem. But, I mean, you t- you put up 50, but you give up 50, Mark? I mean, come on. But you're talking about, like, the let's say top two teams in the NFL right now. So if you're playing one of the top two teams, obviously they're top two for a reason. They're going to put up points. Your job, if, you're, if you know your defense can't stop them from putting up points, your job is to put up more points than them. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I for the headaches that probably Wade Phillips and Bob Sutton had last night, the touchdowns might have relieved them. But, you know, if this is going to be another marquee matchup in in the Super Bowl, these two teams, as the bonanza as it was, Something's got to give. It's going to be at least one or two plays on defense that's going to win you the game. If the Chiefs don't have a superb defense, because you know as I know, defense was championships. And Kansas City has one of the worst defenses in football. You still think, though, that it won't cripple their chances whatsoever, even come playoff time when they're at home at Arrowhead? If you have a bad defense, but you could put up 50, as long as that other team ain't putting up 50, you're going to win. Yeah, like I said, the Chiefs, they're the first team in NFL history to score 50 points and lose a game. You know, never heard of. Probably it's happened a couple times in college. I know Patrick Mahomes has experienced that. Of course, playing Baker Mayfield um, back at college two years ago with Texas Tech. That amazing game. So I know Patrick Mahomes is accustomed to aerating it out. And as you said, his arm strength, his accuracy, everything is just lining up to be great. I want to mention a quick hit before we talk about the rest of um, the NFL um, on Sunday in addition to just the month. I just want to ask you a question in terms of the MVP race, because as, as you know, last night it was like Todd Gurley, Patrick Mahomes, you know, the two highest cases in addition with Drew Brees for MVP, the game that Jared Goff has put up and has, and the consistency that he's been this year, as you mentioned, you know, being a better quarterback with better coaching, do you feel after last night's performance in probably the best game of the year, is is it finally time to give Jared Goff a race in terms of the MVP candidacy? Jared Goff name should have been there when they went six and six and zero. Oh. The fact that Jared Goff's name is not in the MVP race is, is kind of ridiculous. But his teammate Todd Gurley is. I mean, he's just as vital to the offense. Was very silent last night. So. It, it, does it prove, though, that the Rams can win without Todd as well? The Rams can win through the air or on the ground. It's, the Rams are a pick-your-poison team. You try to stop the run, they're going to air it out. You try to stop the air, you try to stop it in the air, they're going to run all over you. You know, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, Mark. So just looking ahead a little bit, if we do see Kansas City, L.A. too, if the next game happens to be the Super Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia, are we going to experience, if not the greatest Super Bowl ever prior to last year's Philly Philly, prior to the Seattle New England or Atlanta New England? Do you think if we see Kansas City, Los Angeles in the Super Bowl, it could be the greatest Super Bowl of all time? 
All I have to say to that is, if it's Kansas City and LA in the Super Bowl again, have your popcorn ready. Who would you bet on if um, if it came down to that? I'm taking LA. You already know I'm taking the Rams too, Mark. I mean, you, you, me and you are on point today. I'm surprised there's not much heat going on. Maybe we'll turn up the dial a little bit once we discuss um, the rest of Week 11's NFL recap in addition to just some teams in terms of the power rankings coming up very soon. Mark, all right. So first Mel- – First segment in the books. Man, I'm just so excited, though, for the Rams upcoming in the future. We'll discuss a little more in a few seconds. Before we dive back into the conversation, I wanted to play a little history recap lesson on this day. And it's ironic that these two events happened five years apart from each other and are memorable in sports lore. So in Chicago, everybody's infamous with the flu game, right? Of course, Michael Jordan playing with the bad flu and doing dirt on the Utah Jazz. But how about before 20 years ago when Walter Payton originally had his flu game? The original GOAT of Chicago, Sweetness number 34, played with the then NFL record 40 carries with 275 yards rushing and a touchdown as the Bears beat the Vikings. It was certainly so memorable and an act of toughness in sports. I mean, Walter had 101 degrees of body temperature. And to me, it's just crazy how a sane human being, especially in this day and age, would play. I know that there's been times where I've had asthma attacks and, you know, I've managed to get through the game. But, you know, nothing has compared to that. And, you know, I don't, it's really tough to debate which flu game would you prefer Walter's day or would you prefer Michael Jordan's game? But either way, it, it just represents these two legends of Chicago with what they did. And it just defined the greatness that was Walter Payton. I mean, and even former players and teammates love to talk about it. Even uh, Jeff Fisher has even said to his players um, when he was the head coach of the Titans and Rams, you know, Walter played with this. And remember, he was a defensive back at that time, so get dressed. Very tough defining moment. And then five years later, switching from the collegiate, from the pros to the collegiate side of things, who remembers the Cal-Stanford band game where the band infamously ran onto the field and disrupted? Now, remember, Cal scored the touchdown. It did count. The Bears won the game. But eventually it was reversed by NCAA and it was just so crazy the band just running onto the field thinking that the game was over or a way to just disrupt it but it didn't matter Cal won and it was a weird signature game uh, that John Elway had at Stanford being on the losing side of things but just to think how these events have been so separate and it's been now nearly uh, 45 45 years and 35 years that these events have happened separately. It's it's really crazy uh, for these sports moments, but it's just one of those things that you can never forget in sports lore, and it's kind of weird how they happen on the same day, just different years. That's on this day in history. We are back on Talk Is Okay, Lo. So we had to just get off the hump, the Monday night recap, the Greatest game, in my opinion, in professional sports of all time. I could put it up against any NBA game, any NHL game, you name it. I I think it was that delicious. But 
I want to, of course, talk about the other games that happened on Sunday. And then I, of course, want to get into the power rankings uh, for the uh, week as we'll look back at the teams for the past uh, few months since the show had been another hiatus again. So I first want to start off, Mark, with the NFC East, your division of your Philadelphia Eagles. But I want to first start off with the division leader, the Washington Redskins. First off, a cruel way for um, a player to go out, especially as good as Alex Smith. Ironically, Mark, um, when he suffered his injury, it was just as the same as Redskins legend Joe Theismann uh, 33 years ago to the day. And unfortunately, his season is officially over. And the Redskins, honestly, Mark, they were a team that I honestly said that this was such a mirage, but I don't know how they're going to pull it off. Alex Smith put them in a good position. Do you think the Redskins have a chance to finish off? They recently signed Mark Sanchez as a backup to Colt McCoy. And think about this. Now they got to go travel to Dallas to play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. This is not good if you're a Washington Redskins fan. Yeah, the Redskins, they're done. Their season's over. There's no way There's no way they're going to win without Alex Smith. Well, I mean, they still have the old workhorse, Adrian Peterson, and he's been accustomed to putting a team on his back with no quarterback. So do you think, Adrian Peterson, this could be the last hurrah that maybe could help the Redskins win the NFC East? I don't even think Adrian Peterson can help at this point because their, their O-line is decent at best, but it's not the greatest O-line in the NFL. Adrian Peterson, even when Alex Smith was there, he didn't always break free for big runs. He always had to work for his load. So now – since their quarterback is gone and they're going to know they're going to run the ball more, teams are going to be better prepared for Adrian Peterson. I mean, I, in a sense, agree with you, but I look at it at the fact that, you know, there's still some games that have to be played, and the NFC East is always weak, Mark. So, you know, at some point, the Cowboys are going to screw up. I don't even know if we consider the Giants at this point, even though they the won that to bat. The Giants are dead to me. They're, they're looking on to next season. There is no this season for them. Well, I mean, Odell Beckham did say that there's still a chance. And I mean, they, they've won back to back. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm off, I'm off the bandwagon. Um, I've, I've already been cured of Eli-itis, like you sent me on Twitter. But I'm just saying there's still a chance, Mark. Even in, if there's a negative 0.1% chance for the Giants, there's still a chance. I'm not, like I said, if they've won back to back, they looked impressive. Saquon Barkley. The Giants are three and seven, and who are the next games against? And they have to play the Eagles, the Bears, the Redskins, the Titans, the Colts, and the Cowboys. I see three L's already, and I, I just by glancing at the at this at the rest of their schedule, the, the Giants have no chance. I mean, oh, I mean, who would have thunk though they would have won their games against the 49ers and the Buccaneers though? The 49ers, they played them without. What's his name? Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, they played them without Jimmy Garoppolo. But their quarterback, their new guy, I'm not sure if you heard about him, Nick Mullins, he looked really, really good. Um, and especially I wanted to get to that um, later on uh, when we talk about the 49ers because he, he you know, the, the season's over, but, like, he's still looking like a pretty good, um, decent backup, especially to the fact that, you know, the game against the Raiders that he had, did you know this? I'm not sure if you read about it on Twitter. But he wasn't verified until after that game against the Raiders where he had, I think, three, four touchdowns and helped the 49ers win. So, you know, 
you know, the 49ers, you know, as good as they could be, you know, that's still got to be pretty impressive. I'm not sure if you watch this kid, but he looks pretty good. It was a good game he put up. But at the same time, it was just the Raiders. I would need to see him against a better put a better setup team, at least an average NBA, uh, NBA an average NFL team, before I start making assessments. Because anybody could come in and just beat the Raiders right now. So I need to see him against a better set team to really, to really give an assessment of what I think about him. Josh Rosen didn't do it last Sunday uh, when the Cardinals played the Raiders. The Raiders were better put when they played them. By about now, the Raiders are like the Browns of last year. But. But it's weird that you say they're better put, yet they traded away two of their best players um, besides their quarterback, and you're saying that they're better put, they have no defense, and they don't even have anybody to throw the football, and Marshawn Lynch is hurt? How are the Raiders better put than the 49ers, or um, better put than the Giants even? Hey, I don't know. but Or the Cardinals, I mean. The car- the. Even though the Raiders did trade away two of their best players, they did go to the playoffs last season. I know it was a large part because of those two players, but it's the other players that helped them get there. The Cardinals, on the other hand, I don't believe went to the playoffs last season, nor did the 49ers. The 49ers only went on a five-year win streak at the end of the season last year. That's why I say the Raiders are better put than both of those teams. Yeah, you, you could say that, that, Mark, but, I mean, I still think, that the Cardinals, even though that they have their struggles, they just got lucky off a whim of that. But um, going back, let's go back to the NFC East, though, for a minute. So you say that the Redskins are out. They're done. So And you declare the Giants. So that basically leaves your Cowboys – I mean, excuse me, not your Cowboys, Mike's Cowboys and your Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys have looked better, and especially they beat your Eagles Sunday night. So, and the chances for them have actually upped up for them to go to the playoffs. Dak Prescott has been playing a little consistently, and they're feeding Zeke. And with the way that your Eagles are right now, Mark, it's really hard for me to believe, especially after the blowout to the Saints. Are you nervous at all that Philadelphia could miss the playoffs this year, especially being hampered by injury, and for Dallas to take your division? Not even close. Dallas... They'll play good for a while. It's gonna end soon. It's, they're gonna, they're gonna, their their little streak that they have, their, their good game streak is gonna end very soon. You say that, but I, I mean, I I say that they get by because your Eagles have not been playing as good, Mark, and the injuries are just horrible. Carson Wentz looks abysmal. Your defense, you guys gave up forty eight points to the Saints, and you're supposed to be the defending world champions how did you let that get away you bragged about oh we have the best defense in football we have the best run defense you let Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram run circles over you like it was a racetrack for dogs you still think that the Eagles can make the playoffs hampered battered and bemused most definitely how how I don't see it you don't have to see it it's just gonna happen but I look at the schedule comparison to your Cowboys. Let's go on the magical laptop and see who the Philadelphia Eagles, other than the New York Giants. Not saying that you guys are going to lose that game, but if you guys choke that game, it's likely your season's going to be over. We definitely, we're definitely not going to choke against the Giants. The Giants, the Giants have nothing that will stop our offense. OBJ Saquon, they don't play defense. 
You're right, but can you stop OBJ and Saquon? Haven't we beaten the Giants already? But you still let Saquon run circles over you. Haven't we beaten the Giants already? Yes, in the Meadowlands. Haven't we beaten the Giants already? Yes, you did, okay? But looking at your schedule ahead, because it gets really tough, all right? You guys got, okay, maybe I'll give you guys two W's here. But then you have to play the Cowboys on my birthday in Jerry's world. You have to play the Rams in Los Angeles. You have to play the Texans. And then maybe you get another win for the Redskins. So three critical games that could decide your season. You still think Carson Wentz can make some magic out of that. And like I said, the Super Bowl bound Rams, the seven consecutive winning streak Houston Texans. And, of course, a better put Dallas team than you guys right now. You think they're going to win. And remind you, Ezekiel, Elliott, and you guys have been, what, one and three playing Zeke the Freak? I believe the Eagles and L.A. game, that's up for grabs. The Texans game, their their offense is great, but their defense is not good at all. All What? Their defense is not good. J.J. Watt, Whitney, Merciless, are you kidding me? Their defense is not good. They they just started winning games because Deshaun Watson came back. But their defense has looked impressive. The Washington game, one of their players took 101 yards to the house on Alex Smith interception. Come on. Any, anything happened in football, okay, look. Their defense is overall not good. That, that game is winnable. And the Cowboys game, it's the Cowboys. That's a W. With Ezekiel Elliott, like I said, one in three playing Zeke the Freak. It's the Cowboys. That's a W. But can you win it in Jerry's world? It's the Cowboys. It's a W. I swear, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to win with Martin. Now, look. Now, look. I was in, under the impression at the beginning of the season you guys had this division down on lock. But the fact is, is that even the Cowboys defense looks better than you guys. I'm sorry to say that, but you let the Cowboys defense beat you. The Cowboys can't even spell defense. Their defense is atrocious. They have nothing. They have literally nothing. You say that, but yet look what they did to your Eagles in Philadelphia. Okay. Their defense is still garbage. Yeah, and you say that, look at how many things Carson Wentz had with turnovers. But either way, is it still for the Eagles to win the East, in your opinion? Eagles can still win the East. Our problems are are very fleeting. They just missed assignments, injuries, guys not doing their job. It's going to be it's gonna be handled. Guys are going to be accounted for, and we're going to get past it. All right, Mark. Well, well, we'll see about that. I mean, you got an NFC East opponent coming to town, so – Let's see how you guys rebound against uh, from the Saints' loss. Continuing on with uh, Sunday's games, uh, let's go now real quick back into the power rankings. A early power release rankings. I want to give a shout-out to Mile High Report, one of my favorite um, news sites to look at for terms of the um, power rankings. If you can't get Elliott Harrison's or NFL or ESPN.com's rankings, it's a good thing to do it here. So – Three bottom teams we, we mentioned a little bit, San Francisco, uh, Oakland, and the Cardinals. The Cardinals, um, for the past three weeks, I mean, they they look good, and then and then they still have problems. Bad first year for Stephen Wilkes as a first year. Any any comments on the Cardinals? Just a poorly put team. That's all I have to say. Offensive line troubles, as Jack would say, it would um, plague them. You know, it's not really a good situation. They have no offensive line. David Johnson isn't performing up. And, uh, you know, 
it's now likely a battle between them and the team that they lost to the Raiders for the first overall pick. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, they finally won a game for the first time in forever. Frozen reference there. But any anything else really to say about the Raiders except John Gruden is just abysmal, and I think he needs to be cut from that 10-year, $100 million contract before the Raiders uh, blow all their money out in Vegas. The Raiders are just a trash heap at this point. They traded their two best players for what, draft picks? They're just a trash heap. The Raiders just need to throw the whole team away, start a new team. Well, that's why they're moving to Vegas. Hope they have fun. <laughs> they have bitter Oakland fans that will say goodbye to their team. San Francisco 49ers, as I mentioned, Nick Mullins as the quarterback there. He's put up some good games. 49ers had an off week. This week, but they've looked pretty good, Mark. I mean, d- even though that it's really waiting till next year for Jimmy Garoppolo to get healthy as their franchise quarterback, do you see at least maybe something uh, for this 49ers team? They're not going to the playoffs, but do you see maybe something there that maybe they can build upon for, for next year? They just need to build on the offense and the run game. But, I mean, their receivers look good. George Kittle is looking like one of the best tight ends in the league. You know, Marquise Goodwin, great speed guy. And then, as you mentioned, with the running game, Matt Burita. And then Nick Mullins, he's looked better than C.J. Beathard. So the 49ers haven't given up, but they've been playing really, really decent and competitive despite their record doesn't say so otherwise. It all just comes down to determination at this point. I think the team feels like they, they're not in good positions to win and that's showing on the field. I believe if they go in every game believing they're, they're going to beat this team, they'll win more games. Do you think maybe another uh, five-game win streak near to end the season potentially? Doubtful. So how many more wins maybe do you see the 49ers having? I, I could see them getting at least two or three more wins, and at least two or three more Ws under their belt. So like a 5-11, and 6-10 type year again? Probably. Yeah, nothing there. New York Giants. So back-to-back wins. Your eyes got big again. You're like, uh, we already talked about the Giants, but um, next week they got the Eagles. Any comment? Maybe you already said enough about the Giants. I feel like I've already made my statements. I'm done with Eli Manning, um, even though he looks good um, the past two weeks. But any comments maybe for the New York Giants? Stop trying. Just give up. <laughs> Mark, I'm, I'm just saying be prepared for some angry Giants fans on Twitter to troll you or to come after you. Come at me, bro. <laughs> you heard it, Giants fans. You want some? Come get some from Mark. How about the other New York team, the Jets? So, been on a bye week. Obviously, um, you know, they haven't looked as impressive. You know, Sam Darnold got hurt, and they lost to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, take that in, everybody. They lost to the Buffalo Bills. So, um, New York Jets, obviously, we obviously knew they weren't going to be in the season. Sam Darnold has, you know, been up and down, but that's usually the rookie quarterback's thing. Um, anything really about the New York Jets other than they, they just have to get better? There's been rumors about Todd Bowles uh, losing his job as Jets head coach. A- any Anything you want to add to that? Do you think that it could be a possibility, or do you think he needs to be a part of this rebuild? I believe that he shouldn't lose his job because you can't expect him to just come in and start winning games with this Jets team as it is right now. This Jets team is not built to win as of right now. They need to have a few more years built around Sam Donald and Robbie Anderson. 
So I believe he should get at least a year or two more. And if after, after that, if they're still where they are right now, then it's time to look for a new head coach. I just think because Todd Bowles is so defensive-minded, not saying that his offense isn't. I, and I think there's maybe something there with this offense. And then, of course, um, as I get to um, the player eventually, um, you know, I, I still think that this Jets team, they still need to build. So, you know, you're right. There, there's some pieces that they need to build around. But I don't know. I just see them this offseason moving on from Todd Bowles. I think it's really a shame, especially as an underrated head coach that he is. So, um, you know, not to not to maybe make Sam mad or maybe make any Jets fans mad, but I think it's really time that you try to look ahead. And, you know, the coaching market this offseason could provide promising, especially if you want to build just like how the Rams did. Remember with Jeff Fisher and then they cut him and look where they are now. So I kind of see if you want to maybe follow in that footstep, get cornerstone players, then it could be fly Jets fly in the future. That's a big possibility also. But at the same time, you still need the, the right players in the right places for that to happen. The, the Rams had all the right players, just not the right coaching. The Jets don't have the right players or the right coaching. Well, even they do have some good pieces. As you mentioned, Sammy D, Robbie Anderson, Leonard Williams as a defensive front. Yeah, they have good pieces. But they don't have enough good pieces. They have probably one player in a few positions that are good pieces. But they need more. You're right. I'll agree to you with that, and I'll even make the jest with the next player. The Buffalo Bills, um, pick six Peter meme. Um, the era's over. They surprisingly beat them with Matt Barkley. Um, any any life maybe the Bills might have to maybe end the season, maybe 8-8 eight and eight, or maybe 7-9 and nine maybe? It's possible, but they're going to have to play that, their best football if they want to do that. I mean, Josh Allen comes back. They got to play the Jaguars this week. Uh, they may give Matt Barkley the go-ahead to play again. Um, anything really that the Bills team could potentially have for it? Uh, it all depends. The Jaguars are not playing how they should be playing right now. The Bills, they are... Well, I didn't really expect much from them anyways, but they played better than I expected. So it all just comes down to how Josh Allen comes back in place. All right, and it's important that at least you finish off the season strong to build for the future. We're going to do two more teams, take another quick second break, and then we're going to get back into the rest of it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So real quick, big news if you haven't heard it, if you've been sleeping under a cave. Jameis Winston reclaims the Buccaneers starting quarterback job. It is a coaching carousel. It is a quarterback carousel again. It seems like Tampa's missing the playoffs again, Mark, but any anything is this is Jameis Winston done? I think Dirk Cutter might be done as head coach. Anything really for Tampa to maybe salvage a, a, a season? Tampa needs to start looking for a replacement quarterback. Immediately, and they need to now. Not not Fitzception, not um, Jabberweens. I, I I really I really thought that Jameis Winston had matured. Um, you know, I had a feeling that he would be a bigger bust than Marcus Mariota. I thought Marcus Mariota would be a better quarterback than him. So far, to be right, at least something came down the prediction down the line that I thought of. And lastly, the Atlanta Falcons. Surprisingly, back to back weeks, they've lost in games that they were favored. And now they're in a not-so-good predicament Thursday night against the Saints. 
I still think the Falcons can still reach the playoffs. Julio Jones is starting to get back to his mate, and Matt Ryan's playing his best ball, Mark. Now, I know you are a critic of Matt Ryan. The NFC is a little tight. Can the Falcons somehow, some way, through the tiniest of margins, squeak through and make the playoffs for a third straight year? I don't see it happening this year. What's the reason? Matt Ryan's going to crack like he always does. He's put up great performances. I, I'm still appalled and flabbergasted that you still haven't given Matt Ryan his respect. And he's been playing his best ball. He's rebounded from last year. Give the man his respect. Now, yes, he hasn't played as good the last two weeks, but he's still playing better ball and almost in a sense to his MVP form back in 2016. False. He is not playing better than he did in 2016. He is playing absolutely worse than he's playing in 2016. He doesn't use his number one. He doesn't even know how to use his number one weapon, if you ask me. But he doesn't use his number one weapon. I don't think Julio's even scored this season yet. And if he has, like, once or twice. Like, I you, 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 You always find a way to sully the name that is Matty Ice. Because he will, at the end of the day, be the man that will take the Falcons to the vicinity of their heights. I still think, even though it's butt tight in the NFC, they got a chance. They got a chance. He's already taken the Falcons there, and they absolutely cracked and lost. They're going to get there. It's the last season rush. They did it last year. I still think that they're a good team to get in the playoffs. First part of the mid-month recap, of course, reviewing back. We're going to do part two and then a little basketball talk up next. Well, ladies and gentlemen, baseball season is officially over, and trust me, next year, um, as talk is okay, low, we're going to do some more baseball talk, especially in the summer coming soon, but even though it's over, that doesn't mean that I don't get a chance to talk about, of course, the recent award recipients in the MLB, and to be honest, I'm not even surprised at these awards, and I just thought I'd put in my two cents of it. Of course, World Series champion, AL Award winner Mookie Betts, that's no surprise. Congrats to him. He's a really um, up-and-coming superstar in the league. He's been playing absolutely phenomenal, and I'm not surprised even with Christian Yelich, you know? He had an amazing season in the second half, 770 up percent slugging average after the all-star break um you know and he helped capture the brewers their third division title in franchise history you know christian yelich coming over from miami to milwaukee i was like this could be something that could help the brewers in the future of course they were really close to coming in uh to win the world to to go to the world series to be honest i think we would have probably gotten a better series had they played um, against the Boston Red Sox, who knows, even Milwaukee would have won it, but then again, Anthony doesn't want to hear that, he just wants to see me um, in my Boston Red Sox hat, which I will post soon. Um, in terms of the Scion best pitcher, Jacob deGrom, I expected um, to win, you know, even though the Mets weren't really as good this year, um, you know, he was really the standout player on a losing team, and you know, it's really hard sometimes when we give out awards to guys um, a part of teams that either didn't make the playoffs or didn't um, have a winning season, but you know he played exceptionally well, and I give him the absolute credit. On the other New York side of things, heck, the Yankees can need a picture like him. I mean, 
he won only 10 games, you know, which is the fewest to win ever in the history of the National League Cy Young and just the Cy Young in general. His ERA, though, was something amazing. 1.70. And it's the lowest in baseball among qualified starters and the sixth lowest since the MLB lowered the mound to its current height in 69. That is insane what how his pitching has just elevated. And then how about for the American League? This one I was surprised about. I thought it may go to Corey Kluber again or if even um, Justin Verlander would would probably win it for the Astros. But Blake Snell, I think, uh, despite losing Chris Archer to, to Pittsburgh, he's going to be a good piece. This Rays team really surprised a lot of people, had a good winning season this year. They really contended a little bit to maybe get in that mix for the wild card. I really think that he could be a good piece to a rebuilding Tampa team. And, you know... I mean, he led, I mean, the stats don't lie. 21 wins led the American League. Not even Chris Sale and David Price could compare to that. Um, You know, it it was just amazing. You know, the left-handed pitcher had the fewest innings to start, which was 180, two-thirds of a majority, you know, and he really played well. So if he keeps this up, you know, we're going to see something amazing. How about in the rookie of the year? Again, no surprises here. Ronald Acuna. For the Braves, big part of their turnaround, winning their division and getting back to the playoffs for the first time in five years. And who knows with the Braves, this team can really do something, I think, with the Nationals going down. This is their time to ascend and maybe be the Braves that of the late 90s to the 2000s that um, a lot of people love to talk about. Give Atlanta maybe something to be happy about. within the coming years, despite the last few with Georgia not winning the Natty, the Falcons losing the Super Bowl, and then the Hawks just going down, at least things are looking up um, in in the ATL. And then the Angel, Shone Onehai, who became only the fourth Japanese player to win American League Rookie. And the last one to do it was Ichiro. I mean, you know, he, he's a, an amazing pitcher, and he had 20 homers you know, his ERA, you know, close, could improve, I mean, 3.31, but he had 30, um, 63 Ks, you know, before his elbow injury, but, you know, he's looking up, and then, of course, um, with the manager of the ward, Brian Sinter, you know, from his former boss, Bobby Cox, did an amazing job, and then Bob Melvin, with the lowest salary in baseball, taking the A's all the way to the wild card. I mean, what else can you expect um, for, for him? He's just playing absolutely lights out, amazing. Uh, you know, what what else can you say? I mean, sure, you could give it to the Red Sox manager. Um, you Sure, you could give it to the Yankees. But then again, you know, to take a team with one of the lowest salaries in baseball, you know, a team that wasn't expected to do much, made a few moves here and there to compete this season, Really amazing um, what he did. Of course, the Aaron Awards, Yelich, J.D. Martinez, Executive of the Year, Billy Bean. Again, being a, you know, helping with the low payroll, still putting out a good team. At least giving something in Oakland other than the Warriors to, to be happy about, you know. Just just maybe, it, it's like Moneyball minus three, but still with some good results. You know, building 
a, a team. Hopefully things could come more. And then, of course, a couple golden gloves. Shout out to um, a majority of the Red Sox making the list. Jackie Bradley, Mookie Betts, um, you know, Ian Kingsler, and then Dallas Keuchel, uh, my pitch, my, one of my favorite pitchers in the league. Alex Gordon for the Royals. Andrelton Simmons, Matt Olson, Salvador Perez, Matt Chapman. And then for the National League, you have Freddie Freeman, a great player with Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMatthew, Nolan Ariando, Nick Ahmed for the D-backs, Corey Dickerson for the Pirates, Ender Incarte for the Braves, Nick Markakis, and then Zach Grinke for the D-backs. Really great dude. And then a couple silver sluggers for Betts. I mean, Mookie Betts just ran away with it, and I think it's really showing that he's becoming one of the main players in baseball. It's just, you know, he's played for the Red Sox, so, you know, there's a little animosity to my part. But, you know, congrats to all these guys. I'm looking forward to talking a little more baseball. Um, Let's talk as Okalo gets soon to it in the new year. And, um, you know, good 2018 season. Let's go for next year, and let's hope my Yankees win it. Yanks Nation, shout out to you, and shout out to every baseball fan. We are back on Talk Is Okalo. So, back at it again, part two now of the mid-month recap with the NFL Power Rankings. Of course, a little bit reviewed from my good website at milehighreport.com. We last stopped with the Atlanta Falcons. Now it's time for the number 24 team in the NFL that, according to milehigh.com, hopefully maybe it might change on ESPN or NFL.com, but according to them, the Detroit Lions are the 24th team out of the 32 teams in the league. So, uh, Mark, the Detroit Lions, I mean, the NFC North looks pretty wide open. And so far this year, you know, the Lions have played good, and then they played not so good. Matthew Stafford's doing his thing, but it's not – I don't feel – I feel like he's hindered a little bit or something like that. Um, anything about this Detroit team that makes you think that they might squeak by through through the playoffs? I mean, they traded away their one of their top targets to your team. Um, you know, their defense has been on its hinges as of late. What do you still think so far about this Detroit Lions team? This Detroit Lions team is over with. Like they traded, they traded their number one target to us, like you said, for a draft pick that they're not going to be able to use until the season's over. Like Matthew Stafford, yes, he's good, but he has now he has no one really to throw it to. Uh, they 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 cut. Um, what's the running back's name? Your boy. No, the one they drafted. Uh, oh, Amir Abdullah. Yeah, they cut Amir Abdullah. All they have is the Garrett Blunt now, who can't do it all by himself, and Kerryon Johnson. So, like, I don't see the the Lions. They're not going anywhere. Well, like I said, I mean, I honestly knew Amir Abdullah was going to be gone at some point. Maybe it's a hint for the Eagles to go scrape him up because you guys need a running back desperately before the offseason where the player, as I mentioned soon, will um, will likely be available. Um, But... You know, it's just the way that the NFC North is right now. Chicago is like peaking, but you know, it could it they come back. The Green Bay Packers, something's wrong with them. Um, you know, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins has been a little bit inconsistent as of late. So, you know, it, you know, I still think that the NFC 
is fair game. I mean, they have some good wins. I mean, Thanksgiving, great game to turn it around against a streaking Bears team. Do you maybe see the Lions getting it done against Chicago? At this point, Chicago is a way better team than the Lions. I do not see I do not see um, Detroit's offense doing anything against Khalil Mack in that defense. So I give this game to the Bears. I got to give it to Chicago too, but I'm just saying don't count out Detroit just yet, you know. But I'm just saying it's in Ford Field. You know, Matthew Stafford loves to play at home. He's at home in his zone. We'll see about. Okay, so the Dallas Cowboys. So they made some big splashes now winning two in a row. And now here comes Mark's like, are you kidding me face? Yes, we have to talk about it. And I know Mike is probably listening. He's ready to hear the heat that we're about to turn up. Mike, if you're listening, your team sucks. <laughs> I would attest to that. But listen, Mark, let's talk about this because I meant to talk about it um, during the, the trade. So if you all did not know, as we talked about with the Raiders, they traded away two of their best players. One of them is Amari Cooper. And he looks so far weird with the star on his helmet wearing 19 instead of 89. But he's been playing some consistent ball. And I mean, the Cowboys have won two in a row with, as we mentioned, the Redskins now losing their starting quarterback. They're very uncertain. The possibility, according to the FPI rankings, there is a now 37% chance that the Cowboys win the NFC East because of it. The Eagles only got a 26% chance to win it. So, Mark, I know you're just you're just hogging the mic, just wanting to say what's on your mind about the Dallas Cowboys. Expel it out as a anti-Cowboys uh, fan and as a Philadelphia Eagles lover. Say it. All right. First things first. Dallas are idiots for giving up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. That's number one. Number two, Amari Cooper, he is, he is, there, he is now their clear-cut number one wide receiver. But at the same time, he is a one-dimensional wide receiver. He is, he is good for slant routes and deep routes, and that is really it. So once teams realize that, he's not going to be a, he's not going to be a problem anymore. What else? What else? What else? What else? Anything with their defense? Defense, I, you already know. I don't like it. the Cowboys defense is no good. They, they have they, they they have nobody. Nobody nobody stands out on that defense. But the only, the only the only good thing they have on that team is Zeke, and that's because and that's because their O line is always good. I'll, I'll I'll give them that. Their O line is always good, so I'll give I'll give that. But this Cowboys team is not built for is not built for the long run. They're not going to go very far. I believe their winning their winning days are very numbered. And, yeah, that's it. Well, you've heard it all from the Cowboys. Look, Mark, I agree with you with everything. I don't like the Cowboys as much as you, but I got to admit, the way the NFC East is, they're in a better position than your damn Philadelphia Eagles. So, and like I said, and I have to keep repeating you, they beat you in Philadelphia. Can you give them at least some credibility and some culpability, for Christ's sakes? No. I'm just saying, look, I hate the Cowboys, but I I would say that they would lose the NFC East. But the way that it is right now, they're doing better. Jacksonville Jaguars up next. So I just want to first say this. For the months that you tortured me about us losing to Blake Bortles, how does it feel when the Jaguars get pummeled by your eventual Super Bowl participants 
and streaking Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, well, I know you're probably going to mention me about me being a Blake Bortles lover, but, and I remember doing my Instagram poll uh, way back when talking about uh, whether the Jaguars can still make the playoffs with him. Let's first talk about the muddle in Jacksonville for the past few months. Defense has been playing horrible. Blake Bortles, for some weird reason or not, isn't getting it done. They're now talking about potentially trading Jalen Ramsey, but then again, he likes to run his mouth. So you run your mouth, you expect some consequences ahead. First off, is the season over for the Jaguars for them to win win the AFC South? And more importantly, is their season over to even get to the playoffs? The Jacksonville Jaguars, like I said, I believe I said it before, they're only built for this season and probably next season. But as long as Blake Boyles is on the center, they are not going anywhere. And it has been shown this season. Blake Boyles is uh, not – he is not a good quarterback. He is not the man that this Jacksonville Jaguars team needs, and it is really showing this season. I I, I have to agree, Mark. I mean, I, I still – I'm still trying to carry the little faith that I have for Blake Bortles, but my patience is running thin. Um you know, I, I think that they're, you're right. This team is what I predicted that it somewhat would be, and that's the kind of team that you flash out from last year and then they kind of give you fool's gold. I don't see them, more importantly, winning the division, especially with now the Colts and the Titans in front of them. I think they're going back to the basement for a little bit, and as you mentioned, I think I, I, I have to, for right now, say I'm done with Blake Bortles. Uh, Blake, you know, I love UCF. I love you during there. And I still think that, you know, you can still be a productive quarterback, but I just have to declare your season over. And, um, and I think you guys just have to try to look ahead for next year and try to build from there. Wouldn't you agree? So most definitely finally, something we can agree on number 21, the Cleveland Browns. So after they've got rid of Hugh Jackson, as we talked about in our prior episode they've been looking better baker woke up feeling dangerous so are the browns becoming more dangerous enough to maybe maybe get six wins in a season mark maybe seven wins i believe the browns still get a few wins under their belt but like i said this team is not this team is not just going to fix all their problems in one in one um in one season I agree too. Look, I, I I didn't expect so much of them. I was surprised, as I mentioned, Hugh Hugh Jackson, but as I mentioned, Pryor's incompetence. So, you know, but they do have some tough games ahead. So let's try to look a little ahead. Because they have to play their North rivals, the Bengals twice. They gotta play the Texans in Houston, play Cam Newton's Panthers, the Broncos at Mile High, and then the Ravens to close out the season. Any wins do you think they stay? There can bake up. St- can Baker Mayfield still whip up something dangerous, or uh, do you think though that this Browns team just maybe will collect one win and then, as of right now, just book their season into next year? No, I think the Browns have like two or three more wins coming up. I believe they. Could, I believe Baker Mayfield could still. He could. See, well, Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. He gets these better pieces around him. I believe that he'll. St- I believe he'll get at least one or two more wins under his belt before the season's over. I agree too. Look, I, I I feel the change is right, and as soon as they get the right head coach, it's going to be um, amazing. I mentioned this. I, I'm going to mention this now. You know, as they're looking for a new head coach, 
you know, well, let's let's sit back in the classroom for a minute, um, like we were back in high school or something. So, you know, as they're looking for a new head coach, you know, some names pop up here and there from college, a professional. But how about from the U.S. Uh, House or from from just the government in general? Did you know that the Browns have considered Condoleezza Rice, the former, the former, um, I think, assistant to George Bush, I think the secretary of state, if I'm um, not yet mistaken, they've considered her to be the head coach. Now, I'm not um, um, criticizing this at all. I'm, I'm pretty surprised as much as anything. I mean, to look outside of football to become a head coach. She's no stranger to the Browns, a great friend of Jim Brown. But, I mean, are, are you surprised at all? I mean, what do you think of this for, 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 for the franchise that is the Cleveland Browns? I believe this is. I believe that it's a complete joke, and that shouldn't have been taken seriously at all. That that is just complete foolishness. A publicity stunt, probably just to get their names talked about. But I mean, that's still pretty interesting. I mean, you know, the, you know, they have there have been talks in, in sports as of late. Uh, you know, with recently about the women's empowerment movement and stuff like that. Um, onto sports, you know, they're they're even looking at maybe the first um, NBA. Uh, female coach and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I'm just saying, if you're going to pick somebody, pick somebody that sticks to football, not saying Condoleezza Rice doesn't know her football. I mean, she, she knows her football very well. Um, I've read some stuff, but I mean, you know, she does, I guess, sort of have the leadership qualities that you need to be a head coach being um, working in the government, you could say. I do not believe that. I don't believe that she'll make a good head coach for this team or any team, honestly. No offense to her or her skill, what she can do, but I just don't see her being a head coach anywhere. You're right. I, I think I think politics and football step aside. How about number 20 now? We reach to your team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to read something from the Mile High Report. While losing to the best team in the NFL is certainly expected, playing dead and curling up in the fetal position may be the Saints would quit playing is something else. You guys, honestly, I have to say it to you, Mark, and I have to say it to your face as a man. You guys played like crap. Your heads weren't in it. Execution was bull. And most importantly, you guys just have been playing flat the past few weeks. Is there anything that maybe you want to say to me, to the Okaloholics, or to the Eagles Nation to, to try to pump them up into some way with the toughness of your schedule ahead that you guys can still pull out an NFC East division out of the rear. There's no need to worry. We got this. Just a few woes. It does. It won't really affect us in the long run. We have a lot of injuries, a lot of guys missing, a lot of missed assignments. But everything will be corrected and fixed. And if we don't make the if by some reason we don't make the playoffs this year, then we just get better and get it next year. Okay, at least some encouraging words there. Um, but like I said, I, I hate to do this, and I know Mike will be probably loving it up, but I still think that, that and I hate to say this, but the, the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East. That's just my prediction. I'll stick it to it. Washington Redskins, as we remembered, um, you know, Alex Smith, you, for, for me and Mark, we hope you get better if you're listening. Miami Dolphins, of course, our South Beach team. Locally here. Um, Ryan Tannehill, I feel, just has to get healthy. And if he is, they'll make the playoffs. Agree or disagree? 
I agree. The, the uh, Dolphins are one really the, the Dolphins just have to beat over the Bills and Jets. They're making the playoffs. <laughs> Mark, finally, we agree on something. Look, I said this. The Dolphins team has a good chance to make the wild card. It's very tight right now with Cincinnati. I think L.A. already may have the, the Chargers. Uh, San Diego, San Diego. Get that out of your head. They're still San Diego in my mind. I don't care if they're L.A. Um, it, it either could, to me, come down between them, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati for that last wild card playoff spot. So I just think this. Adam Gase, you need to find some way to pull out body odor, Brock Osweiler, put back in Ryan Tannehill, and you guys are golden to, to, to make it to the playoffs. And I know like you've, you and I have had our toughness with Ryan Tannehill, but I still think he's still good enough to still lead this Dolphins team, at least for, for another maybe two, three years. Ryan Tannehill, I've stated this multiple times, he is not the guy to get it done for the Dolphins. But you just said that he would get them to the playoffs as if he comes back. He would, but he's not the guy to get it done. He'll get them there, but they ain't going no farther. At least just some playoff appearances to build it up, Mark. I mean, sheesh. I mean, like, I, I want to ease as much Dolphins fans as ever because, you know, I still think Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gates. I mean, it, it comes down to a lot with coaching. And if you sometimes have good coaching, look at Jared Goff like we continuously talk about. He get he has the coach in Adam Gates, and the stats have shown when he's played. So can you just give him a chance? Nah. He's, he's had his chances, and he blew them all. So you don't think Adam Gase is even enough to turn him around? You don't think Adam Gase is the coach to help him? Adam Gase is on a very thin line right now. He is, he is, but he makes the Dolphins into a playoff team like he did his first year. You won't hear that thin line anymore. If they don't win a playoff game, then we will. Tennessee Titans up next. So... Another team that, for some reason, is in the race. I thought they were dead in the water. Um, you know, surprisingly enough, they're tied with the Colts. They lost to the Colts, um, surprisingly, on Sunday. Um, but the Colts have been looking really good. Um, any chance for the Titans? I think I don't think they make the playoffs. The Titans, I think, will make the playoffs. Why and how? Marcus Mariota. He's been playing horrible. You complain about Blake Bortles being a starting quarterback. Marcus Mariota is as bad as he is. Are you kidding Marcus me? Marcus Mariota is leagues better than Blake Bortles. Don't you ever, ever put them in the same conversation again. They're just the same pile of trash. They, they're, they are nothing alike. Marcus Mariota is exponentially better than Blake Bortles. I agree, but they still stink and reek of the same trash. Marcus Mariota is inconsistent. He's too hesitant, holds on to the ball too long. His game is hindered. He won't help the Titans make the playoffs, Mark. Their offensive line is trash. Derrick Henry can't run. And their defense, even though they're good, they look stiff. I don't see it. Don't see the Titans making the playoffs whatsoever. You're crazy. The Titans are making the playoffs. You think that they get the wild final wild card playoff spot between Dolphins, Cincinnati, Baltimore, maybe potentially? If those are their competitions and they don't get it, it is Baltimore. It's out of Baltimore and Tennessee. Well, that's Baltimore unless um, they don't start back Joe Fluco. As long as Lamar Jackson's on that team, they're going to the playoffs. Well, let's talk about a team that maybe has some chance, but a lot of people have been quieting it out. I first have to say this to you. I'm sorry. 
that I thought maybe he was a good quarterback. Case Keenum with the Broncos. But look, they 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 pulled off a good win against the Chargers, right? Um, they're the number 16 team. They look a little better. Phillip Lindsay, their running back, really, really good. Um, any prospects on the Denver Broncos? Have, have you liked them over the past um, few weeks um, since the show's been off? What have you maybe seen that could maybe be the future of the Broncos? I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't even watch the Broncos. I have no idea what's going on with the Broncos right now. I mean, they've been playing better. I, I give this team, I think, this team's talented, Mark, and even though they traded away Demarius Thomas, they're still a good team. Um, but I think, though, that it's their coaching with Vance Joseph because he's defensive-minded. You know, I thought he got the job way too fast as a head coach. I, I think, though, that the Broncos, you know, I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they still make some good headway at least um, to try to at least get better. But I don't think Case Keenum is going to be their guy. You know, they paid him this money, getting meh results. What else to say? How about the Cincinnati Bengals? What a surprise they lost to the Ravens in Baltimore, and more or less they let Lamar Jackson come in and did dirt on them. Bengals are number 15. They, they haven't looked as good the past few weeks, losing, of course, as well to the best team in the world right now, the Saints. Anything about this Bengals team that makes you say, well, you know, it, it, it's it's a chance or something? Only A.J. Green, and that is literally it. Not even Joseph Mixon? Only A.J. Green. Look, I, I still think that, you know, if not Miami, it's Cincinnati. And I believe in the Bengals. You know, I, I, I think the Steelers are running away with this division unless somehow they mess up, which I don't think the Steelers are not going to mess up for a while. Um, you know, Cincinnati's just got to tighten up. Andy Dalton needs to stop being the, the quarterback strip tease that he's accustomed to being. And if they get their defense back on par, they just um, got rid of their defensive coordinator. And believe it or not now, now, I feel like you may see Cincinnati out because of this. They actually gave Hugh Jackson a job as a special assistant to the team. And mind you now, he was um, Andy Dalton's offensive coordinator before he took the job with um, Cleveland. And, you know, he's been a part of the Bengals for a while. He's one of Marvis, Marvin Lewis's long-assisted, um, um, longest-tenured assistants. So do you think maybe his addition might hinder them, or do you think maybe – um, Cincinnati can still make some ways. Anything, Mark, with the Bengals? I just think the big, I think it's time for the Bengals to start rebuilding and cut ties with Marvin Lewis. Yep, definitely. Especially when you lose so many playoff games, and I think you know stubbornness as it is, that's just ownership. All right, we're getting to the high points of it. Let's wrap it up. Green Bay Packers, Mark. Um, what a disaster of a year it's been for Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy and company. They're now even at odds, and they're not going so good going into the matchup against the Vikings in Skull Nation on Sunday Night Football. Are you concerned about the Packers, not just this year, but maybe uh, for the future of Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers? I don't – well, Aaron Rodgers is – He's on the, the end, the end, the end rope of his career. I and if Aaron Rodgers retires, I don't see Mike McCarthy keeping his job for very long. How do you say Aaron Rodgers is on the tail end of his career and he's been only playing uh, eleven years since 
He's been a starter. He started from since 08, Mark. He's still got plenty of time. Why are you doing that to my to my quarterback? Why are you disrespecting my quarterback like that? I don't think so. I think he got like two or three years left, and then that's it. I just think it's just the team built around him. Yeah. I heard something. There is no team built around him. That's the problem. They have no defense and no run game. They have no anything. Not even receivers, Devontae Adams from your LSU Tigers. That's all they have. One guy can't do it all for offense. And then Jimmy Graham's been an absolute bust as a free agent signing. Um, you know, I, I I feel like there's some cracks in the dam, and they got to work it out soon. You know, especially a lot of people have this team going back to the Super Bowl. There is no Super Bowl in Green Bay this year, and I think with, if the NFC North is going to anybody, I just don't see Green Bay in it anymore, especially with their tie. It's The mathematical probabilities are just so hard, I can't even admit it. Seattle Seahawks up next. Um, Russell Wilson, he's making his last gasp of air to try to get that team to the playoffs. Does Seattle get it? Pause and wait. Who does Seattle have the last, what, six games? Well, let's take a look on the magical laptop for the Seattle Seahawks. But, I mean, I'll just say this. I've been impressed with them so far. Their defense isn't the same. They finally found a run game in Chris Carson, and then Russell Wilson is just doing uh, dirty on him. Next few games they have, they got to play the Panthers, the 49ers, of course, um, at home. Then they got to play the Vikings on Monday night, the 49ers again, Kansas City on Sunday night football, and then to close out the season, the Cardinals. All right. Uh, no, I don't think they'll do it. I see them going probably 3-3 three and three within the last six games. Where do you see maybe the losses in the future? The Panthers, the Vikings, and, of course, the Chiefs. I'm surprised you're giving it to the Vikings for, for them and usually talk so much crap about Kirk Cousins. At this point, the Vikings are a better team than the Seahawks. Um, okay, Mark. I'm, I'm really surprised you're giving them about it. Um, I, I think that maybe Seahawks make a good push. I don't see them getting in the playoffs either, but, you know, still a good fight. And then speaking of those Minnesota Vikings with uh, Kirk Cousins, what's going on with them? Why do you feel like they're on this downtrend right now where he's just playing inconsistent? And what happened to, once upon a time, the league's best defense? Because it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, I've stated multiple times, is not is going to crack. He's going to crack. He's not going to do the job for you. I see you getting upset, but I've told you multiple times that this would happen. And now it's happening. Listen, 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 Mark. Okay, this is just Kirk Cousins' first year. Now, look, I said that maybe they could have gone to the Super Bowl, but, you know, I, I got to turn the dial back. Something's wrong with their offensive line again. So if they fix that, they get Dalvin Cook running. They first off need to figure out what, what happened to Dalvin Cook. They already have, if not two of the best receivers in the league, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, one of the top tight ends in Kyle Rudolph. Their defense needs to play better. Uh, in the secondary, and then they'll be back. But look, I still think that the NFC North, even though Chicago may have the upper hand, I still am pulling out for oh captain, my captain, Kirk Cousins, to come through. We'll have, we'll have to see what happens. But like I said, I've stated multiple times what I think about Kirk Cousins. Indianapolis Colts, number 11. So, Mark... Once upon a time, the Indianapolis Colts were 1-5. We thought 
that Andrew Luck was done. Your former offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, couldn't salvage it because of the injuries. No, not much sacking going on with Andrew Luck, and the Colts have been on a four-game win streak. They found something on the running game with Marlon Mack, and Andrew Luck is looking like the good old Stanford man. He's looking like the Stanford man. Remixing classic, man. And I'm loving every bit of it. Tell me about the Indianapolis Colts. Are you impressed at all about this amazing turnaround and the good chance now they have to maybe pull off maybe a potential division title to get back to it? No, I always knew the Colts were good. It was just that O-line always concerned because they can't keep, they can't keep Andrew Luck protected. I just think their defense even, they've looked even better the past few weeks than, than they normally been. Now, usually the teams that they play, like the Raiders, for example, the Bills, yeah, I know for sure, but I mean, they've been looking really, really good. And I'm just saying, looking ahead, I see a couple W's ahead against the Dolphins this coming Sunday. Sorry, Miami, I love you, but... Unless Ryan Tannehill plays, uh-uh. Maybe they beat the Jaguars. They could beat the Cowboys. They're going to beat the Giants for sure. And then they got a matchup against the Texans with a better Andrew Luck and then the Titans again. Don't you think maybe the Colts could uh, could pull it off if, if the Texans maybe somehow, way slip up? It's possible, but if, even if it happens, they're not going very far. It's just a rebuilding phase. Remember that, Mark, but... I give credit. I'm loving uh, the fact that Andrew Luck is back. Speaking of those Houston Texans, seven-game win streak, seven-game win streak from falling 0-3. Deshaun Watson playing good ball. You say that their defense is bad, but they've been playing better, and I still think that they're still a team that is going – they're going to win their division for sure, likely, I think. Um, I think the only hindrance now – the Jaguars are done. I don't see the Titans. Is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. So, anything about the Houston Texans you feel that might hinder them maybe going up in terms of the standings or anything about Deshaun Watson at all, my quarterback, that you told me to be patient with, and I'm happy I listened to you. You're always right because he's been playing really good. Not last week, but he's been playing good. Nah, nobody really coming on the Texans. I already know the Texans are, are they're a really good team, especially when Deshaun Watson's on the center. <clears throat> when DeAndre Hopkins is playing well, which he always does, they're a really hard team to stop. My only concern is just their defense staying consistent. Consistency is a part, Mark, but remember, you got number 99 on your side. You got number 59. I'm talking J.J. Watt, Whitney, Merciless, and Jonathan Joseph. Still a good defense. I don't know. I don't know what you've been smoking that you think the Texas defense ain't that good. Baltimore Ravens. So Lamar Jackson finally got his chance to shine on the brightest stage. And to the surprise of maybe me, who's an anti-Lamar Jackson guy, you know, not disrespecting my Florida boy, but um, you know, he ran the football so much on on Sunday. He had, I think, the most career rushing attempts in the NFL. Most for a quarterback, and I thought Michael Vick ran more for him, but the Ravens are in somewhat the hunt. You know, it's tight in their division, and they got some games upcoming, some really tight ones. Mark, Baltimore, what do they got to fix so that they can maybe rattle off the wins against 
the Falcons. I think they're going to beat the Ravens. I think we could call that the dub. The Chargers, maybe a rematch against the Browns. The Bucks. What do they got to do to maybe pull it off? Play Lamar Jackson more. Do you think if Joe Flacco comes back this week against the Raiders, they start him, or do you think they have to uh, just finish the rest of the season with number eight? Finish the rest of the season with Lamar Jackson. No team is ready for Lamar Jackson. And they once they realize it and start playing him, they will win more games. But, I mean, you know, Joe Flacco, it's sort of his time of the year when it comes to the Ravens and the Hunt. You roll your eyes, but yet hasn't he done it a couple times? And remember, he's still their Super Bowl quarterback, their mega million dollar man. I know they may be looking ahead just so that they can thread the needle under him, but you know, I I, I, I just think Lamar Jackson, that's the one game. Nah, Lamar Jackson is not a one game person. He could take the, he could take the whole team to new heights. All they got to do is start him. We'll see about that. Carolina Panthers, they've dropped back-to-back losses to Mob, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Lions. Division's not theirs. They're likely going to have the wild card playoff spot. Um, anything that Cam Newton and company have to do to improve to maybe look maybe look more prob- promising come playoff time? I'm not sure. I haven't really watched the Panthers this season. But from what I do know, I know, like, like as always, it's, it's been a one-man show with Cam Newton. Well, what about number 22, Christian McCaffrey? He hasn't been – he hasn't produced like I expected him to. Coming into the league. What? He hasn't produced. He put three touchdowns on my Steelers. Because the Steelers defense is ass water. And we know this. Oh, my God. You with the disrespect. Last time I checked, we held the Panthers to 21 points on offense. And we held the Jaguars to 20. Our defense is looking better. I don't know what you smoking. What are you smoking? Look at the teams you're talking about. Who does the Jaguars have to throw the ball? And who 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 does Cam have to give the ball? Christian McCaffrey, Devin Funches, DJ Moore. Don't roll your damn eyes. Greg Olson, their tight end. Oh, God, are you with this bull crap? You know Cam Newton makes makes something out of it. Cam, Cam Newton can only make so much magic. And last time I checked, they putting on the Baltimore Ravens. They've beaten the, the Cincinnati Bengals, and they've beaten the Browns, and you still not giving them – okay, okay. We got to hurry up here because, like, I, I want to talk about Pittsburgh Steelers, but look, Cam, look, Cam Newton, they, they're going to the playoffs. They just got to just make Cam Newton a little better. We'll see how Noah Turner, conservative, uh, helps him out. His game's improved, I will say that. Less turnovers, but, you know, not not really the ace boogie that I'm accustomed to. Chargers, so, I mean, everybody says yes, yes, yes. I'm a naysayer, but um, – L.A. Chargers, they're going to playoffs, you think, right? And do you think um, at number seven that's where they need to be? They have shown that they have, they are good enough to be in the top ten. I think they should be probably like a spot or two higher. But from what they've, from what they've shown, they're an elite team in this league that, that could probably surprise everyone and go to the championship game. I think so, too. Look, I, I, I miss the San Diego Super Chargers, but I still say Chargers. This team is good. They're better coaching-wise than I expect. This is a talented bunch. Melvin Gordon, they got back Joey Bosa now, an elite part of their defense. So once he gets rolling, they could make some headway. Let's get to now the juicy meat of it, the Chicago Bears. So if you can all recall um, the week one recap episode, Mark once upon a time said that the Chicago Bears 
are not a good team. But they have now won four in a row, five in a row, I should say. Mitchell Trubisky has been playing better football than maybe here I expected. Their defense is running, pounding out people left and right. And Mark is still not giving the Bears they deserve. But let me rewind first, Mark. From the Bears that you see now compared to week one, let the Aaron Rodgers come back. Do you still hold to your gun saying about this Bears team? Or do you now understand what I told you about this budding team? You're going to give Chicago the um, their respect. Get ready to hear Okayla scream, everybody. I'll give Chicago they I'll give Chicago that. They they proved me wrong. They showed me that they're a better team than I previously thought. But at the same time, I was still right about them not having all the pieces needed to go far into the playoffs. They still I think they still need maybe a backup running back app for Jordan Howard. I think they still need maybe a receiver, another receiver to come in and help. A few a, a piece or two on defense. Like maybe a corner or another safety on defense to come help out. Nothing with nothing with the O line or linebackers. They're good there. But other than that, Chicago is they proved me wrong. They are they are a better team than I previously thought. Trubisky has came well. Going deeper into the season, he's he's shown a lot of maturity, a lot of progression. So I believe the Chicago team can be good. They just have a few more pieces left in the puzzle. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it it finally feels good that Mark finally has said something that I was right on. And you heard me scream, but it was enjoy. You said basically everything right. there. But I still feel with the cornerstone that number 52 is, Khalil Mack. They're basically all that he needs. He's strip-sacking folks. Their front line, Raquan Smith. You know, you say with the running backs, but... Remember, they also have their super speedy Gonzalez um, miniman, Tariq Cohen. Um, you know, their receivers. I just feel like Trubisky needs to trust them more to throw the ball more. I think they do have some good receivers. They He just needs to take more chances. Um, I think that, that they're... That, that just comes to a maturity level and a, a level of trust that I don't think they've built yet. There's still some progression, but, you know, it's coaching, Mark. You know, a lot of times we think that these players, they just play but it's really their coaching that really gets it done. Matt Nagy, a former Andy Reid assistant, is coaching, but it's also knowing the strengths of the players you're with. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna throw a deep ball to somebody you know who's best with uh, short routes and not very good deep routes. So it all just comes down to knowing your personnel. Yeah, you're right. You're you're saying you're saying everything right. You're saying everything right. Um, you know, like I said, I think the way the NFC North is now. I pull my money for the Vikings, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears take this division. Um, you know, Chicago, you've really earned my respect. I thought that they were a year away, Mark, but they're looking like a team that could be built very soon. And you're right. Once they get the few pieces in there, they're, they're going to be a team that I think maybe that maybe. And if they do get in the playoffs now, mind you, I think that they could give the Rams and the Saints a run for their money because – of their D-E-F-E-N-S-E defense. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, remember, the Rams got to play the Bears very soon on my birthday in Chicago. And remember, playing in Soldier Field, that's a tough environment. 
Do you think though that the Bears could maybe make some noise? Maybe if the if they get into the playoffs, I believe the Bears will surprise the Rams that game. But I do not see the Bears winning that game. They they might surprise them, catch them off guard, maybe go up a touchdown or two, maybe. But overall, the Rams are just they they just have too many heavy hitters for the, for Chicago to stop. But remember, they played the Patriots early on in the year, and they almost pulled it off. They were just one yard short. But the the Patriots and the Rams are two very different teams. But it's almost a comparison to how they can get ready to them they for could, them. They could play the big teams and they could go toe to toe with the big teams. But come the end of the game, it's gonna come. It's gonna come down to who has that one person who can do it. And I don't see the Bears just don't have that person right now, or the person hasn't emerged yet. It's coming. It's coming. But we'll see, Mark. But I, I will say, I'm happy though that. You admit something that I was right, and it feels so good. New England Patriots, number five. We don't really need to say anything about the Patriots, right? No concerns or anything? Anything? No, nothing. It's Patriots, folks. Okay, so my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's get to it. First off, uh, now let's go back to Mark being right again, Sam being right, everybody being right, and I compare this as a big nerd that I am that this is like um, Naruto Sasuke, where he, where Sasuke, a.k.a. Le'Veon Bell, leaves the Steelers' village, and me and his Naruto expect him to come back. I get replaced with James Cy Connor, and unfortunately, it doesn't end like a Naruto because Le'Veon doesn't come back. But it's okay. It's okay. Because the Steelers have been winning, and they've been looking better with him. Let's first talk about Le'Veon Bell. It's obvious to the fact that he's not coming back, 17 mil. Um, next year, let's just look a little ahead. I've been saying that the team that could be best suited for him is the Philadelphia Eagles, especially to the fact that he only wants $17 million, and I don't know where the Steelers have a problem with paying him the money he wants. Well, the Steelers always had a problem with paying. The Steelers always had a problem with playing players what they want. They had the same problem with Mike Wallace a few years back. They had the same problem with... I don't remember his. I don't remember his name. He played defense. They, 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 the Steelers were never the, the Steelers were never the team to pay players what they wanted. They was always the team to play players what they what they believe they should be paid. And if they believe they should be paid more, they wanted more. They always let them walk. So I, I always, I knew the Steelers wasn't going to give him what he wanted. I knew this would eventually happen. So as of Le'Veon Bell's future, I believe he's going to go to the team that's best in a position to win a Super Bowl and that can give him the money he wants. And he's just down the street right near uh, Rocky statue, just I um, 95 South to Philadelphia. I I don't see the Eagles signing him though, because we as great of a player he is and how much of an asset he will be, we still have to pay cards, we still have to pay our feet franchise quarterback. We still have other guys to to pay. We still have we, to sign Le'Veon. A, a good few people have to take pay cuts. We don't know. We have to cut a few players. I just don't see it happening unless unless the unless the organization really really wanted him. I don't see us signing Le'Veon. Wow, I'm really surprised, Mark. It's like you're saying that this is great, but I just think like, look, Carson Wentz. I'm sure doesn't want to be the, like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. You're going to pay him, of course, but. Give Le'Veon the money, and so what? They're, th- this is all about winning championships at the end of the day. Who 
cares about dollar signs when you have a running back that can win you a title? Le'Veon obviously cares about dollar signs because he left the, he left his team for dollar signs. And yes, it's all about winning titles, but at the end of the day, you have players have to put themselves in the best position for them. If like let's take who is it who just got injured? Alex Smith. No, before that, it was a running back too. Jay mm. I don't remember. Well, one player who just got injured after, and he did it like, and he wasn't gonna get paid for his injury because he wasn't. He didn't sign. He didn't sign for guaranteed money. Like it's. It all comes down to you have to be in the best position for you. I, I weirdly felt felt weird now retracting back my comment, but look, I'm just saying this. You know, I just don't know if the Steelers will even maybe be in the lottery for him um, if they want him back. But you know. I just, I'm just saying, I, I felt like maybe he should have come back, ended on good terms, try to win, especially if he and James Conner would have got together. Woo, Mark, could you imagine the NFL would be on fire and we thought the Rams and the Chiefs put on the blaze, but I thought Pittsburgh would have done even more with them. If Le'Veon stayed and they and the Steelers even copied a glimpse of how the Saints use Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, then... As much as I would hate to say this, I don't think any team would be able to stop that. Yes, yes, yes. You are saying the right things. But unfortunately, fantasies aside, it's not going to happen. But what can happen is the Steelers at least winning, and at least for some players, maybe in my imagination, win the ring for him to send him out and maybe then get his payday. Steelers have been streaking. They keep it up. It's very possible they keep it up. I, I, I on my side, I don't believe that. I don't believe that they'll go very far without Le'Veon, but they've done it before. But it all, it all, well, it all comes down to that Patriots game. It will, and we will get payback. Be prepared, Brandon, New England fans. The final three: Kansas City, L.A., New Orleans, in that order. So we already talked about the Rams and the Chiefs. They're already his good team. Lastly, the New Orleans Saints. What do we have to say about the number one team in professional football? I believe that they, well, the Saints can very easily go to the Super Bowl. I be, the Saints, well, Drew Brees has always been a great quarterback. They've always had good. They've always had very nice pieces. Um, with the expulsion of Marshawn Lattimore coming coming in and really really playing to his the, his best football. We have we have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, the two head the two headed horse that's that's running that's just running over teams. You have Mike, uh, Michael Thomas, who's just basically uncoverable at this point. I, I just believe the the Saints they're they're very easily a, they're very easily a team that could that can go to the Super Bowl. They beat they're the only team to beat the Rams. Um, I just don't honestly don't see the Saints losing any games anytime soon. Well, it will come down to to me in the NFC. Because like you said, Rams, Saints for the Super Bowl, it could be either of them. It's to me who has the home field advantage. Because I told people before, and they don't believe me, but I think that the Superdome is one of the toughest places to play. It's loud. It's noisy. The fans are going to be screaming at you. Um, you know, it's it's an uncomfortable place to play. I've watched game. I've been in the Superdome, and I can just feel Saints fans. Like there's some aura or some New Orleans voodoo that just makes them – play like that and and it showed even on Sunday thrashing your Eagles. Home field advantage does play a part, but at the same time, 
like I think last year when the Eagles played the Chargers or two years ago and the Eagles fans packed the packed their stadium like it was ours. So home field advantage does does matter, but at the same time, I think it just come down to which team wants it more. It will, but you know, like I said, the Coliseum, tough place to play. Superdome, tough place to play. And remember, the Rams and Saints from last year, remember, Saints beat them in New Orleans. Rams beat the Saints last year in L.A. I'm just saying, it could come down to home field advantage. And we have reached the end of the mid-month recap in terms of our teams. Let me know what you guys think about maybe anything me or Mark missed. So coming up next, we're going to discuss a little college football. I'm going to knife into him with some LSU. Uh, we're also going to talk the predictions for the top four in the college football playoff. And maybe could my Georgia Bulldogs pull it off to become number one with Tua Tavailola's injury. Stay tuned. Talk is Okayla. We'll be right back. Usually on Last Shot, I always discuss about a player or an event in sports, but I just wanted to more or less give shout-outs to people um, this month that have been doing exceptionally well. I first wanted to start off with Derrick Rose, who has been playing lights out throughout the month from Halloween onward to right now, where he's playing, if not the best ball of his career. To think that a player that you know was supposed to be the main man turn it all around, had multiple injuries, everybody kept giving him chances to come back and it didn't happen, um, you know, you know, and to think that we all had written him off and as a bust and maybe he should contemplate retirement, I gotta give him the absolute credit, you know, and it's just another one of these stories of you just never give up, you just leave it all on the line, you work your butt off 365 you know, and, and you listen to all those critics and all the naysayers. It's just what I think fuels the fire for athletes to get up in the morning. And I got to give him a lot of credit. He has, you know, been through it all throughout his career. And, you know, to see now him playing his best of ball, I think it's a great story um, to, to win it. And, um, you know, just a shout out to him and you know even though things in Minnesota aren't looking good now that Jimmy Butler left and of course the Jimmy Butler situation prior um, you know it's not you know the best of times to be in in Minnesota but you know he keeps this up maybe Minnesota might squeak into the playoffs so you know Derrick Rose you showed your toughness and determination maybe this is the year that he wins the combat player of the year award like maybe some of us back in maybe 2015 maybe 2013 had him at but you know Derek you know you're showing something young man keep up the good work also wanted uh for Des Bryant you know finally getting uh an NFL team to only then just injure his Achilles just at its time this is why I said that you need to sign Des Bryant ASAP but you know I wanted to shout out to the Saints um you know players and you know, even for Brandon Marshall now, who was once upon a time cut by the Seahawks, now getting another chance to play. I'm really happy that at least these men, you know, despite the ups and downs through their career that they were given, though the opportunity to play a part of a Super Bowl contender. And, um, you know, I really hope maybe the Saints may consider maybe Dez or try to win it for him and maybe, um, you know, um, give him the opportunity that he wants. But even 
Brandon Marshall, you know, for a player that has never even been to a playoff game in his NFL career. That to me is the pure joy that I've wanted to see from him. I don't know about his impact, but I know that he will have um, at least some vocal role and for the Saints receiving core and be a big help to them with his veteran leadership. So, you know, I'm, I'm really banking on him to, to do something well and maybe have his playoff moment that he's long wanted. So shout out to these two men and of course, just the Saints. I mean, they've been on a roll since their week one loss, winning, of course, nine straight, playing their best ball, if not since their Super Bowl or even back in 2011. And who knows if this could yield another Super Bowl, one more for the Gipper in potential league MVP Drew Brees. And then how about Simone Biles overcoming the adversity um, that she's faced after um, the fall of the Olympics, you know, for her recent comeback and her big performance um, in the gymnast competition in Qatar um, back in October. It was really amazing how she put it all behind her and put down to an amazing performance that you know, may get her back into Olympic competition. Now, we're two years away from Tokyo, but this is a good step for her and through all that she has been through. So, Simone Biles, I just want to give you a shout out and, um, you know, to just see how you just do it. You know, God-given ability that, you know, what else can you say other than that, you know? And, you know, hopefully that this is a beginning that will see her more and more and more grow not only as an athlete but also as a human being gotta love these guys so for my last shot i just wanted to give a shout out to these four athletes just showing um you know even through the teammates with the saints just showing their support and going through the emotions it's never easy it's never easy when you deal with adversity part of the reasons that i love sports and you know, adds to my stories just to say if they can deal with that, then what what mountain or what hell do I have to climb that I know I can just like these guys have done. That does our show for the mid-month recap. Thank you so much for listening today on Talk is Okalo. Hope you guys will stay tuned as we'll get more pods up soon and definitely some changes coming around for Talk is Okalo. Hope you all have a great Thanksgiving and your hostess with the mostess is signing out. Peace off. <laughs>